Well, hello everybody and welcome to this week's edition of Riding the Storm Out. Today we've got a very special program. If you can't tell by me being the only one in the screenshot here, uh, my dear friend and co-pastor Dan Fisher has run away from home. Actually, the last we saw, he's somewhere in, uh, in Pennsylvania uh, leading a Gettysburg tour and doing some black robe regiment presentations across the state, and he hasn't found his way back home yet. So today we've got a very special program. You know, one of the issues that we hear talked about a lot is critical race theory. David Hannon and I did a show just last week on that very subject. Of course, we hear it every day being talked about in the news as critical race theory is being pushed in public education now. It has been in the universities for years. Now we're seeing it in our public school system. Well, we have a good friend who's a pastor on the south side of Oklahoma City, actually in the Norman area. And he also is a school teacher. In fact, right now he is in a fight for his job because the state law in Oklahoma says that they aren't required to wear masks, which don't stop viruses anyway, and we used to know that. However, he has been laid off from his position as a school teacher because he is choosing to obey the state law, which says we don't wear masks, even though the school district is trying to illegally impose this, this uh, imposition uh, on the school teachers, forcing them to wear masks, which don't stop viruses anyway. But this man is Dr. James Taylor, and he is a longtime good friend, a patriot. And one thing you'll notice when you see the video, he's a black guy. Yeah. And he's going to be talking to us today about critical race theory. So please enjoy this week's episode of Riding the Storm Out, our good friend and patriot and Christian warrior, Dr. James Taylor. It is a great honor to be here. I'm so thankful that we have this privilege. And thank you that you guys are here. Uh, I've been, it's been said that trying to take notes on me is like trying to get a drink from a fire hydrant. So I'm just going to say don't try. I'll spare you that. Uh, you can get my slides. And I actually want you to pick up the slides uh, from here. And if not, just give me your email address and I'll make sure you have the slides available. Uh, because on the slides, you will see every slide is documented. And if you click on the slide, especially if they're green or blue, you click on the slide, it goes directly to the source, okay? If it's white, you have to copy and paste it in, and it goes to the source. I want you to get this information because this is, this is a big deal. And so real quickly, let me give you some information uh, out on the table. back. I guess they're out that way. You'll see there are several things there. This is called a pebble in your shoe. Uh, you know, when you get a pebble in your shoe, it's irritating. You can't just keep walking around. Well, you can, but you're going to be miserable. Okay, this is a pebble issue why I am a Republican. And uh, this traces the history of the black voter. Blacks used to vote 100% uh, Republican. And this goes in and shows you why. It started, what started the change was when the Republican Party betrayed blacks and lied to them in one of the elections. And so that began the process. And you can get that, that's out there. Uh, this is a safe sex, the untold story. I also spoke, uh, spoke, I haven't done this in a while, but used to speak in hospitals, medical conventions, uh, on the subject of AIDS prevention. This is just with AIDS. I have a, another book, I don't, uh, it's called AIDS, There Will Never Be a Cure. That was actually my first book. Uh, and so this deals with, this was uh, filmed in San Diego, I think it was. Uh, this is a sign of Jonah, sign of Jonah for us pastors. You know, we always talk about, uh, Jesus said, just as Jonah was in the belly of the sea monster for three days and three nights, not, he didn't say I'll be in there one full day and part of one day and part of another day. And so there's no such thing as good Friday. It's all about good Wednesday. And the Bible is crystal clear about that. And so that's what that is there. Okay. Uh, the, the next thing up there is this. Uh, have we gone too far? Yesterday you heard Dan talk about uh, election sermons that were sent to the IRS. I was a part of that. I wasn't on the first wave, but this is my, my first election sermon that I sent to the IRS. And like they said, nothing happened. So that's out there too. And then uh, this is my book. It's called, it's biblical, not political. Uh, this is, um, uh, takes 17 issues that are, that deals with the church, that the Bible, you know, 30 years ago, if a pastor got up and said the uh, marriages between a man and a woman, the congregation say, preacher, brother. Today they say, pastor, why are you being political? Okay, so you can see how the transition, and so this, the Bible speaks about global warming. People, most pastors don't know that. I mean, it says, talks about lots of things. And what we're here today 
is talking about critical race theory versus the Bible. So that's what we're going to be dealing with today. And this is out there. This, I've done this several times, and I make the DVDs, or, um, uh, the, the PowerPoints, specific to the group. So if you want this, uh, you will get all of this here uh, as well. So uh, we're going to go ahead and get started. Oh, by the way, all, you can get all of this off of Amazon, and they're 20 bucks, Or you can get them here. We discounted it here. They're 15 And guys, listen, if you, uh, you know, I'm a fellow pastor. You guys have heard some great stuff. I mean, you guys have probably spent all your money on Dan and Paul stuff, so you don't have no more money. I understand that. If you don't have no money, I have no problem with you taking it. If you want to take every piece, all six of the things over there, you take all six of the things, okay? Free is free. Now, don't leave here without something, because that's just white guilt. Okay? Okay. All right. I like to have fun. I hope you guys do as well. <laughs> Peter said, your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. Most Christians don't know when, when lions roar. Lions do not roar before they kill their prey. Lions roar after they kill their prey because they're terrified of jackals. Jackals have razor-like teeth and their lightning speed, and they travel in packs of five or ten. And so a lion will give a roar to try to intimidate the jackal. The bottom line is a lion rules by intimidation. Listen, folks, Satan has a big mouth. And he is coming after you, Christians, big time. But you know what? If those jackals just understood, if they just showed up, if those jackals understood, if they just kept coming and keep on coming, that lion will gladly give up the deer carcass because he's not crazy. He knows that he can't handle 10 of those jackals. Brothers and sisters, you and I are the jackals. And we got to stop running. And we just got to stand our ground and get started with this. And this issue is a very powerful one. I want to start with this cartoon. You said we were going to learn about division today in a math class. We are. Critical race theory. You, we laugh, but that's what it is. Paul talked about that as well. Okay, let's look at what the scripture says. Woe to those who call evil good and good evil, who substitute darkness for light and light for darkness, who substitute bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. We have this going on in our society today. We are creating racism under the banner of anti-racism. Uh, we're creating hate under the banner of love. We're creating intolerance under the banner of tolerance. And we're creating exclusion in the name of inclusion. And folks, let me tell you, most of you in this room, you are the ones that are going to be uh, excluded. Because of your, the color of your skin. And we'll talk more about this. You may have seen this uh, newspaper column. And it's, uh, this is Patrice Coolers. Uh, her, her actual name is Patrice Kahn, K-H-A-N, Coolers. She truly is a con artist. She has shaken down corporations to the point of millions. And you notice what the article says. I love that they're talking now and letting you know that she's a Marxist. You see that at the top? They're letting you know that. Initially, they were all saying, no, we're not Marxists. No, 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 we're not. But you're now, they're coming out public. This says black lives, what? Manners. They found at least four homes that she has that she's enriched herself in because that's what she has done. She has enriched herself. I like this particular um, article here. Again, you can see the reference there. You'll paste that in. This one is good because it has embedded in the article is her voice talking about what's going on. You know, in Black Lives Matter, you know what they say? Say their name. Say their name. Say their name. Now, do you know why they want you to have them say their name? Not my words, her words. You can hear it for yourself on that. It's because you are calling on that dead person's spirit to inhabit your body so that you can extract justice for what happened to you. That's just straight up demonology, folks. That's all it is. And that's what we have going on. Here's what they believe in. They believe in no police. This is off of their website. They believe in no borders. They also believe not, not only in no police, but to disarm you and I. Okay? That's what they believe. You've got to understand that. Uh, they believe in no borders. What's going on in the borders is horrific. Absolutely terrible what's going on. And they also believe in no prisons to release all the prisons. What could possibly go wrong? <laughs> the most insidious, as, as Paul brought out, is this. They want the destruction of the nuclear family. Okay, now you say, well, why are you talking about Black Lives Matter? Let me tell you something. Black Lives Matter, Antifa, uh, Black Liberation Theology, Critical Race Theory, it's all cut from the same cloth. It all comes from the same source. It all, they just change names. And you, 
What you're going to be doing, deleting, dealing with late next is going to be SEL, social and emotional learning. They're already using that. You go to the website, it's the same verbiage. Everything is exactly the same. I like this cartoon here. Uh, it says, here's your replacement. <laughs> you know, and you can see that it's really a different replacement there. Here's what the mantra is that people are saying. Um, America is an irredeemably racist and sexist country and that some people simply on account of their race or sex are the oppressors. As Paul said, you have to have the oppressed and the oppressed, the, the oppressor and the oppressed. That's what Marxism is. And that's all it all boils down to. You also have to deal with social justice. So here's the definition of, a, of social justice here. Social justice is the relation to balance between individuals and societies measured by comparing the distribution of what? Okay, wait a minute. You guys are supposed to be pastors in here. Now, black folks, black pastors, are used to interaction. So, you can respond. And it's okay. So, let's see if we can't get this better. So, this, I'm going to do this again. Give you a second chance. Measured by comparing distribution of what? Here's what it is, folks. This is all about redistributing wealth. Now, you're going to understand in just a moment, it's not what you think it is. It's redistributing wealth along racial lines. That's what they're going to be dealing with. Uh, and so you're going to see that, and it makes a difference here. Look at this passage of Scripture out of Micah 6, 8. He has told you, O man, what is good, and what does the Lord require of you but to do what? Justice. To love kindness and to walk humbly with your God. God is big on justice. He really is. God is a fair, honest God. But what we have going on right now between uh, what's happening here is this. Here's a comparison between biblical justice and social justice. Biblical justice is a heart issue. It's about the individual heart, what's going on with you. But social justice is about the state. Biblical justice is about individuals. Listen, God has no grandchildren. If you're thinking that you're going to make it into heaven because you're holding on to mommy and daddy's coattails, you got another thing coming. He has no grandchildren. Over here, social justice is about groups. In biblical justice, it's about the individual outcome. But in social justice, it's about the group outcome. What's best for blacks? What's best for Hispanics? What's best for the LGBT, etc.? That's what they're dealing with there. So that's different. In biblical justice, it's about equality, not equity. Those are different words. And most people see the word equity. You're going to see the word equity all over the place. But most people see the word equity and they think they mean equality. They are not the same. Equality, <clears throat> excuse me, God guarantee, equality is the government guaranteeing the uh, equality with opportunity, but leaving the results to individual drive, abilities, talents, and gifting. Equity is about everybody is the same. You remember when they gave the first stimulus check? There were people, they all got the same, whether you were a billionaire or whether you were poor. Now, how does that make any sense? How does that make any sense? So this is what they did. In biblical justice, our identity is in Christ. But in social justice, folks, it's about privilege. It's about oppression. That's what the difference is there. Now, here's how stupid this stuff has gotten. I'm serious. Do you know that we can tell how that white people are, are racist? You know how we can tell they're racist? Because the way they walk. This is stupid, people. This is stupidity. This is just absolutely insane. Now, this next slide, you may be wondering why we're going to be talking about this. You're going to see how connected this is in a very deep way. This is very, very important. Look at the number. I just Googled this. I just wanted to know what was the number of voters uh, that were registered to vote. And so this was as of October uh, the 24th, 2020. This was the number that voters we had in the United States of America. And the significance of that date is that technically there should not have been any others that could have registered to vote after that date. Okay? So that's important to understand. So this is what it is. So look at that bottom line number. 118 million legally registered voters. Here's what the results of the election were. <clears throat> 74 million voted for Trump. Joe Biden allegedly got 81 million for a total of 155 million votes. But 159 million votes were cast because there was the Green Party, the Communist Party, the Libertarians, and they had candidates that were on the uh, ticket. So here's what began to happen. At the number of votes that were cast uh, was 159 million. Legal voters were 118 for a difference of 40 million more people, which meant that 126% of the people voted in the election. Now, let me just tell you something, folks. I don't care if you're Democrat, Republican, Libertarian, whatever it is. There's something wrong here. 
But, but this brilliant batch of people <laughs> said, there's nothing to see here except for three, Gorsuch, Alito, and Thomas. But the one in the center, John Roberts, said, hey, we're not going to deal with this issue because we're afraid it might create riots. Well, how'd that work out for you, John? But he also said this. He also said that he was concerned about this because he did not want people to come and protest in front of his house and harass his children. Let me tell you something, folks. If you are afraid to do your job, you have no business being in that job. Now, you might wonder, why is this important? Well, here's why it's important. Elections have consequences. You recall that before Trump was run out of office, <laughs> he put in an executive order that CRT could not be taught in the federal government. Guess what's happened now? And guess what happened now? The, the federal government, the Department of Education, is now, well, Friday, they said they're not going to do this, but I don't believe them. Uh, they said they're not going to have the financial incentive to teach critical race theory and the project, uh, 1619 project. Now, that's what they're saying. They've, they've had to rethought this. But I'm going to tell you, government lies. Yeah, government lies. So I don't, I don't, I don't really believe this is going to happen, but we'll see. Now, here are some folks that are, have been influencing our uh, Department of Education. This is Cheryl uh, Harris. She's a UCLA professor, uh, and she's very big on the critical race theory. She's one that was encouraging uh, the department. And but you want to see what she says. This is why this is important. Uh, she, as Paul has already mentioned to you, she's one of the ones that's encouraging suspending private property rights and seizing land and wealth and redistributing them along what? Racial lines. You know, technically, I really shouldn't be up here telling you all this because I'm the one that's going to be the beneficiary. So, you know. <laughs> but that's sin. If you, if you have earned what you have earned, don't let anybody make you feel guilty about what you've earned. Okay? And you enjoy that because that's a blessing from the Lord. That's what it is. Now, here's the big guy that they're listening to. This is Kendi. Uh, he's from Boston University. He's in charge of what they call the, uh, the director of the center for anti-racist research. Uh, he's got a book that deals with that. Uh, he wants to set up a department of anti-racism. Now, I want you to pay, now listen, listen. You laugh, but this is, in the, this is in the making. You laugh, but this is in the making. Now, you see what they want to do. This department would be independent of elected branches of government. You know what that means? No accountability. Okay, let's keep reading. Now, look what they're going to do. And would have, listen to this, have the power to nullify, veto, or abolish any law at any level of government and curtail the speech of political leaders and others. You know what that is? That's me. Someone like you and me who are standing up. This is what they're doing. And who are deemed insufficiently anti-racist. Here's what he says. The only remedy to racist discrimination is anti-racist discrimination. The only remedy for past discrimination is present discrimination. The only remedy to present discrimination is future discrimination. That's going to be a great society. Here's what else he says. In order to be truly anti-racist, you also have to be truly anti-capitalist. Exactly what Paul was just saying right there. So here's what they're wanting to do. Folks, this is in the process. This stuff is in the process right now as we sit in this room. You know, people are saying, hey, you know, we, 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 we're going to wait till the midterms and we're going to take back the House and take back the Senate. Folks, you see what they've done in six months? I'm not so sure that's a good idea. Now, I have ran for Congress before. I ran uh, in the state of Oklahoma to be uh, a, a congressman. I was challenging uh, Tom Cole. And uh, so I, I know what all this stuff is all about. But folks, I'm not so sure we're going to have that much time by the time that comes. And if it does come, I'm not sure what we're going to be looking like. It's going to be a little different because of what's taking place. Now, this next thing that you're going to see on the slide, most people do not believe this is going to be happening. But there are people out there that their goal is this, the end of the foundation of America. Now, you have got to get a grip on this, folks. And realize that this is what people are doing. Here's the next part of this presentation. It's going to be what's actually happening. Now, my focus is in education because not only am I bivocational, I'm a pastor in Norman, Oklahoma. And I'm also a school teacher in the Oklahoma City Public Schools. So I'm bivocational. Some people say, well, why are you bivocational? Well, I've kind of grown fond of eating. So, so I have a, I, we have a small church. And so that's, that's, that's supplements. So look at these are the things that are going on right now. In uh, California... 
an elementary school forced third graders to deconstruct their racial and sexual identities, then rank themselves based on their power and their privilege, and then they separated these eight-year-old children into the oppressed and the oppressors. Now, if they weren't racist before this, they certainly were after this. Look what happened in Springfield, Missouri. A middle school, uh, the teachers were, were told uh, to locate themselves on an oppression matrix. Based upon, now, you need to pay attention to this part. Based upon the idea that straight, white, English-speaking uh, Christian males are members of the oppressor class and must also atone for the privilege of their covert white supremacy. Now, now we, you need to understand, this is what they're putting in print now. You know why? Because they are so close to their goals. And until, unless we stand together and make a difference, it's going to be, uh, we're, we're going to have some problems. In New York City, the principal at Eastside Community School in New York sent an email to all the white parents, not to any of the parents of color, and listen to this, because this is a big part of it, that they should subvert their white authority and become white traitors and then advocate for full white abolition. That means you got to stop being white. Now, I'm not quite sure how you're going to do that, but that's one of the things that they're wanting you to do. Now, here in Buffalo, this is just pure child abuse. This is just pure child abuse. The teachers told all the students, quote, all white people are perpetually systemic racist. Now, watch this. And they forced kindergartners to watch a video of dead black children warning them about the racist police and state-sanctioned violence who might kill them at any time. Now, this is child abuse. If my child was in this class, we'd have a real problem on our hands. But this is what's going on, and parents are not aware. Now, the parents got a little uproar of that. Here in Arizona Department of Education, they created what they call an equity toolkit, claiming that babies, now watch this stupidity, show the first signs of racism at three months, and that white children become full racist, strongly biased in favor of whiteness by age five. Now, listen. I don't even know what kind of idiot would, would actually put their name down to something as stupid, stupid as this. My wife and I, we are foster parents, and we have two little foster children. They're two and three. We've had them for um, 13, almost 14 months now. They happen to be white, and adoption is closer now because of some stuff that's going on. Uh, and, you know, courts, we won't be able to adopt them in like two to three years. I mean, just... It's a mess, but we're, we're there. Anyway, when we go home and pick up our foster children, my daughter, she's not a foster, we call her our daughter. When I go pick up my daughter at the uh, three-year-old, you know what she does? No matter what toy or what activity she's doing, she drops it to the ground, throws up her hands, and comes running and says, Daddy! You know what she doesn't do? She doesn't drop what she's doing, throw her hands up and say, Black Daddy! <laughs> Listen, if you have a five-year-old that is a racist, it's because you taught them to be a racist. <laughs> this one is, is insane. This is insane. You know, this comes out of California. And you know the problem with California is it migrates here. It's a problem. The stupid ideas migrate here. So you be looking for this and you knock it out the park so it doesn't come into this state. I really didn't think this was going to pass. I just said this is just way too outlandish. But this just passed in March. It'll go into effect this school year for these kids. So here's what they say. They passed an ethnic studies curriculum that calls for the decolonization of American society and has students chant to the Aztec God of human sacrifice the solution, according to one author, is counter-genocide against who? White Christians. You're noticing there's a theme. They're coming after Christianity, and they're coming after particularly white men. You guys are so bad, it's just terrible. They're coming after you. And here's the thing you need to understand. They're putting it in print. They don't care if you know it. Now, here's what one of the authors of it, the guy's name at the top is the author. He says, white Christians committed what they call theocide against indigenous tribes, killing their gods and replacing them with Christianity. And white settlers thus establish a regime of coloniality, dehumanization, and genocide. Now, I'm going to spend a moment 
uh, on this. Um, for time's sake, I'm not going to do this. Normally, I would try to click on this link just to show you how simple it is. But if I clicked on that link right now, it would go straight to the source. But just trust me on that. I'm just for time because I want to have all of my time uh, with this. And I just want to show you what some of the things that they are saying in there. The curriculum recommends that the teachers lead their students in a series of indigenous songs, chants, and affirmations, which appeals directly to the Aztec gods. Okay, now here are the gods that they're talking about. I can't pronounce their names, and, and I, I don't want to embarrass myself. So I just put the names up there so that you can easily see them. And the students first clap and chant to the, the god, the first one, God T up there, the top first one, whom the Aztecs traditionally worship with human sacrifice and cannibalism. Well, no, no, you haven't heard anything yet. Asking these, now these are the kids, asking these, this particular God for the power to be warriors for social justice. I'm not making this up. Warriors for social justice? What about reading, writing, and arithmetic? Okay, well, it's, it only gets worse. Next, the students chant to the gods, those other three gods listed there, seeking healing and a revelationary spirit. Now, you just stop and digest that for a moment. I, as a school teacher at Oklahoma City Public Schools, if I have a student that gets injured while in, during the day, and I say, hey, you know what? Why don't you come and we just pray and ask Jesus to come in and heal you? I can't do that. I can get fired for that. But they can ask this dead, false God, this demon, to come in and heal them. What's wrong with this picture? And that's why I was shocked this was going to, this passed. I just couldn't believe that this was passed. And, and so not only for healing, but for having a revolutionary spirit. Then the, the God, the third one down there, uh, in particular, he's the Aztec deity of war and inspired hundreds of thousands of human sacrifices during his Aztec rule. Finally, the chant comes to a climax where the request for liberation, transformation, and decolonization as it reaches a critical consciousness. Now, in the chant, they do have a clear implication. Listen to this. The displacement of the Christian God, which is said to be an extension of white supremacist oppression and the restoration of the indigenous gods to their rightful place in the social justice cosmology. Now, I always thought God was created everybody. Apparently not. Folks, this is serious stuff. Now, you say, sit back there and you're like, wow, let me show you what their vision statement is. Now, you understand this. Quote, to pre it presents education not as a means of achieving competency. Then why are you living in the school? Let's keep reading. They tell you why. They tell you what it's for. But as a tool to what? Transformation, social, economic, and political change. And what's that last word? Liberation, folks. This is what's going on right now. Okay? This is in Burbank, California. This is their, uh, on their website, uh, Burbank Uni Unified School District. Again, they're trying to be real woke. And they list, and you can see up in here, they list all the, uh, these folks who've been killed and how important it is. But I just want to show you what they say. This is what they say. Now, listen to how they put this. We stand with the truth, truthful and humane statement. So they're going to say this next statement is truthful and humane. With the truthful and humane statement that all lives cannot matter until black lives and the lives of indigenous and people of color matter. Now, all lives do matter. And it doesn't, it's amazing to me that they think that this is a humane idea. This is not, you know why? Because they're elevating black lives, indigenous people's lives above everybody else as though everybody else's lives don't matter. See, that's not a humane statement, but this is what they're doing. They're, and they're, I'm telling you, they're putting this stuff up there. Now, this one is a little bit concerning to you. You should be aware of this. North Carolina's largest school district, the Wake County Public Schools, uh, they launched a campaign against whiteness in educational spaces. Okay, that means your classroom. Or watch this. This is what's dangerous. And they encourage teachers to subvert families and to push the ideology of anti-racism directly on the students. What's that with the last three words? 
Now, let me tell you something. These guys were just stupid enough to put it in print. I guarantee you there are other school districts that are doing it. Now, this just happened Friday. This, no, no, not this, what I'm about to put up. This just happened Friday. This little girl, Haley uh, Yasker, is a fourth grader <clears throat> going into fifth grade. She's a fourth grader, and she goes, and I love this because, and again, for time's sake, she goes into her school, a, a board meeting, and tells them about their teacher telling them not to let their parents know what's happening on critical race theory. Okay? Now, she's a fourth grader. We're grown people. Why aren't we out there doing that? Okay? So this is what's going on. Here's Santa, Santa Clara. Uh, county, watch this again. <clears throat> Their official education says the United States is a parasitic system based on the invasion of who? White male settlers and encourages teachers teachers to, now watch this, cash in on all kids' inherent empathy in order to recruit them into what? Political activism. This was hanging on my school wall <clears throat> at Roosevelt Middle School. I teach history at Roosevelt Middle School. Now this is, does anyone know who this person is? Okay, well let me just show, this is hanging up there uh, during Black History Month, it says, dreams and reality are opposites, action synthesizes them. Now who this person is, uh, Ashutur Kashkur, she's a murderer, she murdered state trooper Warner Forster in 1973, he's uh, in New Jersey. <clears throat> uh, she's on the run, they tried her in absentia, they found her guilty, there's a two million dollar bounty on her head, and her picture's hanging on the wall. Trying to, seriously, this is, you, you can't make this stuff up. So I'm a type of person, I go to, to try to go to the sources, so I went to our principal and pointed this out, the next day it was taken down. <clears throat> so that's good. <clears throat> I'm telling you, you can do stuff. This is our, this is last, I, I report back to school Friday. This will be my, Friday's my first day back to school. So it's gonna be real interesting what happens. Uh, because we've got to go through this kind of nonsense. But I want you to see the title of this um, uh, professional development. Are there any people who are teachers in here? Okay, those of you who are teachers, you know I'm about to tell you the truth. Most of the professional developments that you have to endure are worthless. They're worthless. And they don't have any good stuff that's there. They get all these crazy things. But this was entitled Back to School uh, 2020 Mental Health in Dual pandemic of COVID-19 and what else? Systemic racism. Okay. Now, watch this. This was the agenda. Monday afternoon, the first thing we had to do was locate yourself as an educator. Well, I thought that meant that I'm in my classroom at Roosevelt Middle School. I was wrong. <laughs> Look at the second thing. Locate yourself in a conversation about COVID-19 and systemic racism. Well, I'm going to let you know, I've already located myself and where I'm at, and I guarantee you it's completely different from where they were. Amen. Okay? And that's okay. Now, when in our state, our, our, the governor signed House Bill 1775 outlawing critical race theory. Now, that was good, but it had no teeth at that time. Now it does. It has none. Now a teacher can lose their license, a school can lose their accreditation, administrators can lose their administrative certi certificates. So this is all good. That's all good. Uh, but again, they're going to be changing names so it doesn't come under. It's like, we're no longer teaching Common Core, right? Yeah. Common Core was a big deal, and we got rid of that. Well, they thought they did. Well, here's what our school district said. It's racist. OKCP board denounces ban on teaching critical race theory in Oklahoma schools. Our superintendent, uh, Sean McDaniel, Dr. Sean McDaniel says, quote, House Bill 1775 appears to be a solution looking for a problem which does not exist. That's what he said. So this made, made national news. So if you're going to make national news and I disagree with you, I won't talk to you about it. So he knows exactly what I'm saying, what I've been doing. He has, he has these, these slides uh, that he has this stuff. So I, I, send, I talked to him. Uh, uh, we were uh, corresponding through email. I wanted to visit with him, but he, he didn't want to do that. Okay, let's just talk about this now. This is on our website, Oklahoma City Public Schools. Now, I'm not going to read all this. This has to deal with Black Lives Matters and all this stuff, and it goes through, and there's a lot in it that's just really messed up. But what I want to focus on is, is the buzzwords so that you know what to look for when you go and do your research. 
It goes on and says, and all the white is what's on our school board, or is on our website at our school district. The, the yellow is what's been added to it for explanation, for clarity. Okay? Uh, and then, I, again, you can go to the, this, this is the place where you go to get that. Uh, must also believe that the long-term, what's the word? Systemic solution. Well, translation institutions must actively work to eliminate any and all imagined instances of racism, even where no hard scientific verifiable evidence of racism exists. They're going to call you names because they have no substance. And they're going to say you're racist, but there's no basis for which you're racist, only just the, the color of your skin. That's the only thing they're using. Okay? Uh, the next is to the problem of implicit bias. Translation one is inherently and forever racist, no matter his or her objection to the contrary. Racism is an inherent perennial quality that endures forever, unknown, lurking deep within every person. You know, the civil rights movement uh, would have never come to fruition if it wasn't for the white folks that made a difference. Blacks didn't have any, any, any power. So, I mean, I, this doesn't even make any sense. Okay, they go on and they say this. Institutional racism, you'll see these words all the time. Translation, all institutions are inherently and perennial racist and must be changed or abolished completely. Structural racism, translation, the system is so permanently, uh, permeated by racism that it must be altered or eradicated completely. This is the things that they say, on a, and then they go through intentional acts. Now, this is intentional acts, notice I put this in there, it's the title of the presentation. This tells you what they told us. As we were told in mandatory professional man development of OKCPS last summer, back to school 2020 mental health in the dual pandemic of COVID-19 and systemic racism, this is what we were told, you must publicly acknowledge and confess your white privilege and white racism. And I thought, what exactly am I supposed to do with that? <laughs> but anyway, okay, they go on. Then they say equity, there's that word, equity policy. That, that translation, equity of results, not equity of opportunity. Everybody's the same. Then they go down here and in implementing our educational equity framework. This is interesting. Translation, all academic standards that even the lowest performing students cannot meet must be eliminated in the name of equity. Okay? Now, here's what that means. I, as a school teacher, when a kid turns in an assignment, if they turn in an assignment and all they have on their assignment is their name, the lowest grade I can give them is a 50. This is what we have happening around us. So here's what he said. This is our superintendent. He says, quote, how, and he said that I quoted him accurately. He did not agree with all the yellow that I had in there, but everything else I said, was, he quoted it accurately. House Bill 1775 appears to be a solution looking for a problem which does not exist. Here's my question to you. Does it seem that there's a problem there? Yeah, everywhere I've asked that question, I get the same response, okay? That there is a problem there. Uh, I'm gonna skip this stuff right here. Uh, this is some cartoons about Fauci, which were funny, but, uh, but anyway, you, know, he, you guys know he's a liar. Uh, anyway, this is interesting. This was leaked. Uh, let me just say this. If our superintendent believed all that mumbo jumbo that they put out there, then when is he going to submit his letter of resignation so a person of color can have his job? Yeah. Not me. I don't want it. Don't, mean, don't misunderstand. I don't want it. So when is that going to happen? Now, here's what happened here. Now, I'm just showing you that they don't really believe all that stuff because they're not going to apply it to themselves. So here's one that they got the leaked audio. And, and again, for time, we're not going to play those things. But the leaked audio, the superintendent said, hey, tells teachers CRT isn't optional anymore. So here's what he said. Listen to this. I do want the message to get out there that this anti-racist training isn't optional anymore. We've waited for the willing, and if you're not willing, then maybe this isn't the right place for you to work. Maybe we can free up your future, because if we're going to become an anti-racist school district, it can't just be a few people. It needs to be everybody to include our staff, our students, our community, and eventually everyone. Well, Don, if you really believe that, when are you submitting your letter of resignation so a person of color can find it? Have your job. See, they don't really believe that. They're just telling you that. So here's the question, bottom line. Why are we here? Well, we're, we're here because there's racial division being driven by agitators. I'm so glad Paul put that uh, stuff up there because I don't have to spend more time on that because you guys have been told about that. We have, why are we here? Uh, accusation of racism. I'm sorry, accusations of racism and privilege and white supremacy are going to, people don't like to be called names. So unchecked hatred and violence, the stuff that's been going on in our nation that has been allowed is just horrific. Uh, the primary cause of growing acceptance of this critical race theory, and here's the bottom line, the church is accepting this nonsense. 
Listen, I, uh, three months ago, I preached a, a, a sermon version of this from my pulpit in Norman. At that same time, the largest Baptist church in Norman was telling people they need to recognize their whiteness and atone for their white privilege. Now, don't misunderstand. It's not just Baptists. It's all of the churches. And one of the reasons why, you may not know this, but there are, there are uh, the Ford Foundation, the Carnegie Foundation, some of even Sources Foundation are giving monies to our seminaries. You know why? Influence. And these, these seminarians are coming out and they didn't drink the Kool-Aid. They drank the Kool-Aid. And so you can see this happening, okay? Why is this urgent? Because CRT is contrary to gospel. You cannot be a child of God and a follower of CRT. Now, you're going to see that clearer in just a moment. Just a moment. You can't. Okay, this is important. It offers no reconciliation or unity. That's why they've got to keep you divided. The oppressed and the, uh, the, oppressed and the oppressor. They have to do this. They cannot survive that. The, the thing that causes them the greatest amount of pain and concern and fear is a united front. And see, Jesus asked us to be a united front. John 6, 17 is the Lord's Prayer. In Matthew's Gospel, that's just a model prayer. John 17 is the Lord's Prayer. Because he prayed, you know that you and I were in the mind of Jesus in John 17? I love it that I was in the Bible. I love it. Jesus said that they might be one. Unity was a big deal. God loves that when it happens, okay? But there's no unity. They have to keep you divided. That's the only way things function. It's divisive. It's destructive. It's unholy lines. And bottom line is all Marxism. Every bit of it is all Marxism, okay? Here's what the problem is. Based upon your melon in your skin, some are deemed irredeemably racist. Now we know who those are. They are white, male, heterosexual, Christian uh, men, they are, you guys are what they call the, the oppressors, okay? Uh, you are the privileged, so therefore you must be dismissed. You can't even have a voice because you're privileged. Not only that, you're a supremacist. Let me, let me tell you, the greatest fear that most folks have by getting involved is to being called a racist today. That's the worst thing you'd be called. Let me give you something that has helped me immensely. I've been called the worst by God, a sinner. And I've been called the best by God, my child. So anything someone says falls somewhere in between. You can't hurt me by what you call me. Okay. Now, now, and, and I'm serious. I, and I've been called all kinds. I've even been called a white supremacist. Okay. Now, if you ever get to that point in your life. Now, I didn't get there overnight. Trust, no, it took a while. But if you ever get there, they cannot hurt you. And you go on. And that's the only thing they can do is call you names. So that's what they have. That's all they have. Not much more. They want to encourage hate and, and assert that some are cursed. And they want to get rid of whiteness. That's what they want to do. Now listen, you may have seen the same thing. Last summer, there was a college-age girl who was walking her dog. As she's walking her dog, she encountered some Black Lives Matter folks. And they forced her to her knees. And she got on her knees. And she apologized for her whiteness. And for her white privilege. And I'm like, my goodness, what's going on? You know, most of us in this room are probably pro-lifers. But we believe that life begins at conception. And that's fine. That, that's good. Uh, you that's, I have no problem with that. That's not what I take an approach. My approach is simply this. When, when, when God spoke to Jeremiah, he says, before I formed you in your, your womb, I knew you. So that tells me life begins before conception. So here's my thinking. I believe that at some point in my life, because I have eternal life, I believe that at some point before I was in my mother's womb, God and I had a conversation. And I think that conversation was something like this. James, you know, I think that you could do more good for my kingdom if I make you black. And I'm like, well, all right then, because I want to do all I can for him. And let me tell you this right now. The fact that I am black doing this talk really makes that right. Okay? I'll tell you, it does. Well, listen, God had the same conversation with you. Okay? With you. You just got to start believing it. 
for this purpose, okay? Um, so you know what that girl was saying when she was on her knees and apologizing for God for being white? She was saying, God, you messed up. I have to apologize to the world because you made me white. Listen, God doesn't make any mistakes. Okay? And when they try to abolish you to stop your whiteness, don't listen to it. Uh, it thrives on guilt and accusation. Uh, skin color takes priority over Christ. Uh, and here's what scripture says. John 13, 35. But this all people will know that you are my disciples if you have what? Love for one another. Okay? Uh, Romans 8, 1. Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. That's all this stuff is. You, you're condemned. You're felt guilty about all this stuff that you are not guilty for. Okay? In Christ, there is no condemnation. Uh, and, uh, here's what I love in Acts 17. We are all come from one blood. We all come from Adam. Every one of us. Here's one that I think you guys as pastors uh, need to really take to, to heart. In Galatians chapter 1, verse 8 through 9, Paul is talking to the Galatian church. And he says, guys, listen. If we are an angel from heaven comes down and teaches you a different gospel than what you have heard, let him be a curse. Some translations say, let him be a curse to hell. Paul is so concerned about it that he repeats it in verse 9. Listen, brethren, sister, if you take the gospel of Jesus Christ and you mix that with critical race theory, Black Lives Matter, liberation theology, Antifa, you have just created false doctrine. And if you've done that, then you better be real concerned about what Jesus says when he says, Whoa, whoa, whoa to those who lead one of my little ones astray. For it would be better for you to have a millstone tied around your neck and you tossed into the ocean. Now listen, a millstone weighed 2,000 pounds on average. He says you got a better chance of survival being tossed into the Mediterranean Sea going down than having to face God for leading one of my little ones astray. Brethren, we can't afford that. My time's almost up, so I gotta, I'm going to skip a couple of this. Let's get to the, this is it, the last part of it. Why is critical race difficult to fight? Well, here's why. People don't want to speak on, um, on political issues, uh, social issues, and on uh, uh, this issue of race. That's a big deal. Well, I, that's my book deals with all that stuff. Here's another one that's real concerning. Critical race theorists have constructed their argument like a mousetrap. They say black lives matter, and you say... All lives matter. And then they say, racist. And then you say, no, I'm not a racist. And then they say, that's just your repressed racism. You just don't know about it. Now, now notice in that dialogue, there was not one statement of fact that is truth other than when you said all lives matter and that you are not a racist. See, that's all they have is the name calling. Once you get past, see, it's a mousetrap. Once you see it as a mousetrap, once you see where the cheese is and where the trigger is, you can get around them. That's it. That's all they got. And here's the, the, the third thing is this. Most people do not want to believe that there are people trying to overthrow this country. Now, listen, if you are one of those folks who think that this is all mumbo jumbo, you're part of the problem. You're part of the problem. This is what's going on. I would think you'd be able to see clearly now as what's going on. And finally, you've got to fight this from a political perspective as well. This is what it's all about. As simple as you can get it. Socialism is the last stage for communism. There was a man who visited an asylum. And as he was there, he saw hundreds of inmates out on a field. But there was only one gate and one guard. And as he's looking at that, he's surprised by that. And so he goes to the guard who's up there relaxing. He goes to the guard. He says, aren't you afraid? He says, no, I'm not afraid. And he says, but there's hundreds of inmates and one guard. Aren't you afraid they're going to get together and, and break out of here? He goes, no, I'm not afraid. And the man says, why? He says, lunatics don't unite. People of God... We have got to be crazy to not come together when Christianity is in print being attacked. It's being, being attacked in print. We ain't got time to, oh, well, he's a Baptist. I can't associate with him. Well, he's a Methodist. I ain't got. We are the body of Christ. And we have to get involved in this fight. Take, I want you to take this, everything that I hear. My last slide is this. I'm so concerned about this, but this is from the, uh, the uh, 
Jefferson Memorial, and it says this. Jefferson says, indeed, I tremble for my country when I reflect that God is just and that his justice cannot sleep forever. This is my, con- you may want to take a picture of this uh, so you can get my contact information if you want. Uh, but the bottom line is, people, get involved. If you want to use my slides, you give me, my, you give me your email, I get that there. All of my stuff is back out there. And is that a question? Sure. Can, is that okay? Uh, unfortunately, the difficulty, it's in the military, it's in the AMA, it's, it's everywhere. It's permanent everywhere. In the military, the problem with that is, it, it goes with what Doc, uh, uh, Merritt was saying earlier, is a hierarchy. And you can buck it, and it will affect your promotions. And I would say, buck it. You know, Trump came in and said, we are not going to do this. But this, it is. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They are. Yeah. And this, see, I'm coming at it from the kids' perspective because that's where it's close to my home with the kids. And, you know, I'm, I'm real curious to see what's happening on Friday because I may be called into the principal's office. Uh, but, but you know what? That's fine because here's why. One of the first places I talked on this, in our state, we have two unions. There's Poe, uh, Professional or- uh, Oklahoma uh, Association, Educators uh, Association. They are against CRT. And then there's OEA, NEA. The OEA is a state version of NEA. They are very much for it and actually came out saying they're going to push for it. Now, at first they said there's no CRT being taught in the school district, but then they come out and say, we're going to make sure it's being taught. Okay, now here's what happened. I was asked to go speak at Poe, and and I was shocked that they did because of the subject. And they did let me speak. And uh, at the end, the the leader of it said... um, you know, JT, I think, and told her, I was asked to talk to the board. She told the board members, I think we're going to be having to deal with this and have litigation with uh, some of our teachers. I said, yeah, I'm probably going to be your first client. And they, you know, so the, the, the school district uh, knows exactly what I'm doing. They, they, he, the, print, the superintendent, he has the stuff. He has the stuff. And uh, so does my union reps. And so, you know, I'm not really all that worried about it, but I am I, I'm interested to see what they say. Again... It's going to be interesting because I'm black, and blacks can't be racist. I mean, that's what they tell you. It's a lie, but that's what they tell you. So I'm curious to see what happens uh, when I get back to school, because this is, I've been speaking all over the country and places and so, but my time is up, and I, I do appreciate the question, and thank you guys. Thank you so much.